Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm not really one for too much regulation or, you know, say, oh, Instagram should be regulated for health advice and stuff like that. So I'm not really. I mean, it's freedom of speech and all the rest of it. I think people just need to be a little bit more discerning in terms of who they go to for different types of content. Some of these influencers, like, they're wonderful giving you ideas of how to make like, amazing healthy foods and, and to actually make those kinds of changes but go to them for that rather than the science. Hello and welcome to the Not Perfect podcast with me, your host, Poppy Jamie, the founder of award-winning mindfulness app, Happy Not Perfect. This show is about giving you a pause to nurture and nourish your mind, body and soul. Each week I speak to world experts, authors, scientists and inspirational leaders to share their wisdom and advice so we can all live better from the inside out and reach our full potential. I hope you join me on the journey. In today's show, I'm speaking to Dale Pinnock, a world-leading voice in how food can change our health. He's been in the nutrition industry for over 26 years. Dale's a Sunday Times bestselling author. He's written 18 books, translated into 19 different languages. He's a TV presenter and broadcaster and has helped millions of people rethink the way they consume food. It's a complete honor to have Dale on the show. In this episode, we talk about which foods help support our immunity. And this couldn't be more useful and relevant as we move into the core winter months and, of course, navigate a pandemic. I hope you enjoy learning about how to support your health through nutrition as much as I did. What's a quote you enjoy and return to often? It's, it's one that I kind of use to, to define a lot of the way that I work, and that is how you do anything is how you do everything. 
you know, because I think so many of us can be very, very good at, at, at kind of being very organized at work or being very, very productive in certain situations, but then other areas of life can, can kind of uh, get a bit lax. But I think if you, if you maintain that attitude of like how you do anything is how you do everything, if everything you try to do to the best standard you can, then that's bound to carry through in so many other aspects of, of what work you do, you know? You Such a, a good one. Thank you for kicking this off with that. Much needed. What's a life lesson you've been reminded of recently? The life's bloody short. That's the truth. Yeah, certainly in um, the last couple of years, there's been some real, um, you know, some real profound life changes. I mean, um, you know, my father passed away, seeing everything that, that that's kind of happening with COVID and how we can think that we've got everything together. We can think we've got everything sorted and all of a sudden we can have the rug pulled from under us very, very quickly. You know, those kind of things really remind you to not take things so seriously because life's just so short. And so the only thing that you can probably really rely on is that there's going to be a certain degree of chaos. But, you know, I've probably chilled out a bit because of some of those things that happen because it's just like, you know what, it's just not, nothing's really worth getting into that kind of state over. I love what you just said, kind of like almost expect chaos. I, I feel like that's been a point for me recently, actually just changing our expectations. If you kind of expect a little bit of chaos, it doesn't then stress you out when it arrives. Yeah, and I think sometimes we're like, oh, everything should just be kind of great the whole time. And then we get shocked when it isn't. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been like a practicing Buddhist since I was 20. And one of the real core tenets in Buddhism is that most of our suffering comes from attachment. And we have like attachments to outcomes. We have attachments to results, attachments to people, attachments to fill in the blank. And because we have that emotional attachment to it, when the circumstances stop us from you know achieving that or attaining that or keeping that or whatever then we suffer because we've got this attachment to it so trying to have that kind of conscious attitude of, of letting go of attachment as difficult as it can be sometimes you know because you know human nature being what it is can really be quite liberating that really resonates wow um how did you find buddhism at 20 well I, i'd always been interested in it and i'd always kind of sort of gravitated towards it. I mean, I, I, I always balked a little bit at, at kind of traditional religion. There was something that just made me sort of a little uncomfortable. I'm not really sure why, but, you know, even when I was at school and I had to do like assemblies and stuff like that, it used to, I just used to feel really uncomfortable. But there was something about what Buddhism is all about, you know, that it all kind of really starts with you it really is like it's that inner work I think how has it would you say impacted your life and you know what you've kind of gone through I mean you've had 26 years in a changing industry mm. um how has Buddhism helped you in this enormous success that you've yeah. achieved I think really it, it, it kind of because I, I had a point I mean I'll be to totally totally honest about about this totally frank about about everything I had a period like when I was kind of just breaking through in my career. I mean, I've been in the industry a long time, but I was very, you know, I've always wanted, knew that I wanted to do television and radio and write books and all that kind of stuff. So I've been very, very tunnel vision in actually achieving those goals. But when I was, when I was kind of just sort of almost at that breaking through point, you can sometimes get the feeling that things aren't happening fast enough. It's never going to happen for me. It's never going to work out. I started to, put so much of my identity in that success and possibly because like you know I, I was always one of those those 
kind of in between us at school. I wasn't like I wasn't like a total nerd, but I used to you know used to get a bit of stick. You know, people used to take the mick about lots of different things, and um, I think that maybe gave gave me a bit of a chip on my shoulder. Though I was just like, yeah, I'm going to show you. Da, 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 da. And when that's not happening, it's like that emotional turmoil. And then I, I had to kind of when I when I got deep in that, it it did become really quite self destructive. So I had to I had to get to that point and remember some of these core teachings in Buddhism. It's like, look, you're you're putting so much attachment on these outcomes, and you're destroying yourself, you know, mentally and emotionally because of it and to, to kind of be able to unpick it again you know just to be, be conscious of those concepts to start with and then do the work that it takes to deconstruct those attachments that that i'd created did yeah did put me in good stead and then weirdly strangely as the universe always does as soon as i actually let go of that and just relaxed and just sort of relaxed into it again everything happens it's I think so kind of relevant what you've just said in terms of what we're being forced to maybe consider with, you know, the pandemic, where so many of us have to detach from this external success because the world's saying, we're, we're stopping, you're going yeah. back into lockdown or, you know, if you're running a restaurant, like there is no way that you can work. No. And it's, I mean, it's kind of like a, a forced detachment, I guess we're having. How has the pandemic kind of influenced you well weirdly i mean like this is this is my office i'm sat in now i've been been working from home for over a decade so apparently my normal day-to-day life is what everyone else calls quarantine weird <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I'm, I'm not like always out and about uh, you know i my life is is quite odd like in normal times i'd be having great big chunks of time where i'd just be in my office like creating whether i'm writing a book or creating an online course or something like that and then other times when i'm always traveling so i used to go to the us a lot I used to go to asia a lot with my work but every, all of that stopped so that was you know that was a real big part of what i did and obviously that's kind of on hold but other than that things haven't actually changed that much and from a from a business point of view it's been pretty good isn't it weird that it feels sort of bad about saying like oh, you know business is actually pretty good during all this because so many people obviously are, are suffering in that respect but it's really kind of opened my eyes to the fact that all of a sudden people have realized how important wellness is well this kind of leads very nicely into you know you've been of great service ever since you know the pandemic came in in educating us all about how we can be supporting our immune system yeah. um through food so i would love to kind of start with this in terms of what is the relationship between food and immune system and yeah. and how can we be looking after it better there's a few key focal areas. I mean, one of the first ones I always tell people is increase your intake of zinc. The mineral zinc, you'll find it in shellfish, uh, walnuts, pumpkin seeds. They're the most abundant food sources. Zinc is used by our white blood cells. to act, You know, the white blood cells being the army of the immune system, they use zinc to code genes that then influence the way in which these leukocytes deliver their specific responses when they come into contact with either pathogens or distressed or damaged tissues. So it's literally, it's literally like it's right in the software. Zinc is in there right in the software, helping those white cells to work more effectively. So that's number one. In terms of a dose range, um, Women, no more than 15 to 20 milligrams a day. Uh, men, we do need a little bit more because it's it's got such an important role in testosterone metabolism. So we can go up to a, anywhere between 30 and 50, depending on your age. And that's going to give you enough of a boost. And that's something that you could actually add to your um, supplement protocols if you want to, if, you, if you're into supplementation. 
zinc at that kind of dose range. Then, obviously, the one that everyone's talking about at the minute is vitamin D. Mm. Uh, Vitamin D, I mean, especially this time of the year, it becomes more important because the primary source of vitamin D for humans is the conversion of cholesterol into vitamin D precursors upon exposure to ultraviolet radiation the sun i mean looking outside now there's a little glimmer of it there's a little bit of a little bit of blue sky a little bit of sun peeking through but there's nowhere near enough to actually get us to the point of being replete in vitamin d food sources are few and far between as well you'll find it in oily fish you'll find it in full fat dairy products you'll find it in organ meats as well if you've you know if, if you've got quite a restricted diet if you're vegetarian or vegan especially if you've got darker skin as well because you won't synthesize as much then supplementation it's almost a must What's become really, really interesting is the data that's been released. I mean, this was probably around about the time of the, you know, the, the first wave of the, of the pandemic. A lot of papers were published that would have been looking at vitamin D in the prevention of respiratory tract infections. And I'm not sure, what, it doesn't seem necessarily that clear what the actual mechanics of that are, but it seems to reduce the severity of, um, of pneumonia and upper respiratory tract infections. And it does increase your um, likelihood of being able to fight these things more effectively. You know, I'm not making any kind of outlandish claims. This is a huge body of evidence. You know, So this isn't me sort of just pulling something out of the sky to try and sound good. The data is there. Um, dose range without, I, I would supplement anywhere between one and 4,000 international units of that daily. If you're going to buy vitamin D off the shelf, are yeah. most people recommending that amount? Or actually, would you recommend taking more than the stated dose than what oh, generally? It'd be, it'd be um, way more than the stated dose. This is based on what the actual um, study is used, you know, the actual supplement regimes that they've given the participants in the study. I mean, the thing, the thing is with a lot of these nutrients, you've got the amount of them that you need to prevent deficiency and then you've got a dosage range that you know we could say would be that optimal range where you can actually start to manipulate your physiology in key ways to deliver a therapeutic outcome. You know, it's the, it's the the fundamental core of nutritional therapy. Where is the best? And I know your website has a lot of resources, and I really want to actually move on to talk about your nutritional bible. Mm. But where is the best place for people to actually find out the appropriate dose they should be taking of these supplements? Absolutely, sit down with a nutritional therapist. If if there's something that you're that you know that you're trying to actually work with, if if there is a specific health challenge, then absolutely sit down with a practitioner. Don't just go by a couple of lines in a magazine. Don't always, I mean, health food stores are great. I mean, the independent health food stores, very often they will have practitioners working in there, um, especially the, the the stores that tend to have clinics associated with them. I mean, I, when I, I was in clinical practice, I used to work at um, a shop called Revital in Cambridge City Centre. And, you know, it'd be a great way to, to, to pick up clients in the early stage of my, of my clinics. But don't always rely on that there. The thing is, just go and see a practitioner that will be able to guide you through not only what's effective, but also what's safe. They'll be able to do, you know, a proper case history. They'll be able to get any ideas of potential interactions with medications, things like that. All of those things need to be considered. So do make sure that you actually speak to a qualified practitioner that can give you that guidance. So going back to immune system, we've spoken about zinc, Zinc, um, vitamin D. There is another group of things that I am absolutely (laughs) nerdy about. Give it to us. Give it to us. Medicinal mushrooms. Really? Mushrooms. I mean, yeah, it sounds a little bit dodgy. It's nothing like that at all. I, I, I guarantee you. It's things like reishi, shiitake, maitake, 
these mushrooms are very rich in a very complex sugar called a polysaccharide. So it's a carbohydrate that doesn't get broken down uh, in digestion. It kind of comes out the other end fully intact, but it has some quite fascinating interactions with the immune system. One of the things it can do is raise the number of things called natural killer cells. It can raise T cells. Have you heard about T cells being spoken well, about? In- I I know about them, but I would love to hear you explain them because when I heard about T cells, I was just flat like amazed. Yeah, T cells they um, they're, they're almost like conductors in an orchestra. They can kind of control different groups of responses depending on what kind of T cell subset is actually active. T cells tend to circulate. You get T helper cells tend to circulate in what's called a TH zero state which is neutral, and then depending on what kind of chemical messengers they receive, they will actually either branch out to TH1 or TH2 type responses. One of those is uh, the sort of responses that are mediated by antibodies. That other group is the type of responses that are kind of non-specific and like generalized, broad um, immunological responses. So yeah, they, they, they're kind of regulators. You know, they, they, they regulate different like other categories of cells and other types of responses. So these mushroom polysaccharides, okay, things called beta-glucans. They raise natural killer cells. They raise T-cell numbers. They increase the speed at which macrophages move to the site of infection. And macrophages, these are basically large white cells that can actually engulf a pathogen and break it down within them and then kind of spit out remnants. So there's some real strong immunostimulation going on, but people have been flummoxed for a long time because they don't get into general circulation they tend to generally come out the other end intact, but they're still delivering this response. So for a long time, we didn't really understand what was going on, but it all comes down to the gut. Now within, within the gut, there's like little patches of lymph- lymphatic tissue called Payer's patches. And these are almost like, um, like little surveillance stations. They're little pat- patches of tissue that are very, very densely populated with specialist white cells that are constantly monitoring gut contents. Because if you think about it, the, the gut is a very obvious easy route for pathogens to enter the body it's that direct interface with the outside world so it it kind of figures that it needs to be very very tightly policed the cells in um payers patches things like antigen presenting cells and then there's other cells called dendritic cells they're constantly monitoring what's going on in the gut and then relaying that information back to the rest of the immune system you know because we've got something called tolerance which is like where elements from our diet you know nutrients and stuff are allowed in you know, without causing like any kind of crazy autoimmune response, all of those kind of things, it's all regulated by these areas. The gut contents are constantly being monitored. And the theory now lies, I mean, we're talking about 40, 45 years worth of clinical data from the Kobe Pharmaceutical University in Japan. That's where a lot of this work has been done. That these mushroom polysaccharides actually are very similar in structure to extracellular polysaccharides displayed on the outer surfaces of some bacteria okay so when those polysaccharides pass over the payer's patch the antigen presenting cells within the payer's patch think that invasion is imminent so what they do is they set off what's called a cytokine cascade i mean obviously everyone's been hearing about cytokines lately because we're talking about the cytokine storm which is part of the pathology of covid19 so it's, again, it's something that's being talked about a lot. Cytokines are chemical messengers. Different cytokines send different messages. It's like, you know, it's like saying different words in different messages, basically. Different cytokines will do different things. There's a cytokine cascade that kicks off when 
those antigen-presenting cells come into contact with these mushroom polysaccharides. And that cytokine cascade causes this, you know, this mass upregulation of some of these key cell lines within the immune system. It's fascinating. So in like really basic terms, do they kind of like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, okay, so if they're like surveillance stations, like almost like our body's police station Mm -hmm. in our gut. So when these medicinal mushrooms come into your gut, do they kind of increase the front line? What it is, it's like, um, yeah, if you, if you imagine they were like, um, they're like security guards, they don't really, they don't necessarily do anything themselves, but they can report the problem so as soon as they come into contact with these mushroom polysaccharides or any other kind of potential pathogen as well they radio through to get the squad cars going you know they actually get them to to where they need to be they activate and round up the rest of the immune system and get the immune system involved are they just not being very efficient if for example let's say the medicinal mushrooms do they make the um, these policemen more efficient doing their no, job it's, it's not so much that it makes them more efficient what it does it actually fools the uh, that that little surveillance station into thinking that attack is imminent so it's stimulating a normal response which they would be um, undergoing anyway but the bacteria never actually arrives. So what happens is you've got this excess of like some of these key white cells that can then be put to other uses. I mean, you know, the medicinal mushrooms have been used in cancer treatment. They've been used in HIV and AIDS research as well. I mean, the uh, Royal Breakspear Hospital has done loads of research with them. Like I say, the Kobe Pharmaceutical University in Japan under Dr. Hiroki Number. There's been, you know, 40, 45 years worth of clinical data and we're talking like you know cohorts of 50,000 people double blind randomized placebo controlled trials so the data is really really strong these things work and they deliver some of these key responses this is really exciting so where is the best place to find the particular mushrooms you suggest you got right reishi ashwagandha reishi maitake shiitake and coriolis is a really really good one well i said i'm I'm, I'm going to do something terrible now. I'm so sorry, but I've actually like got a mushroom-based one. You do? Yeah. Well, this is great because we, I mean, I think everyone listening here is like, just tell us where to get <laughs> yeah, the yeah. help for our T-cells. <laughs> yeah, so most of those mushrooms are inedible. You know, they're quite woody. They're very, very hard. The only exception being, well, shiitake and maitake. That nice kind of meaty flavor, fry them up with a bit of garlic butter, happy days. Um, but things like Coriolis and Reishi are very, very woody. So you would actually get them like a, in a capsule form um, as a supplement. So just for anyone who's listening to this, I'll put a link to that in the show notes uh, so everyone can explore those further. What is um, a threat to our immune system? What foods should we be avoiding in this time, especially as we're going into the winter months? Yeah, um, sugar, um, anything that's kind of like a metabolic disruptor. So very, very high, high glycemic diets, you know, white bread, white rice, white pasta, those kinds of things, not demonizing specific foods. But if they're, you know, if you're eating a lot of them because of the impact on blood glucose, that's going to have an impact on um, leukocyte number and function. So the leukocytes, that's the, that's the general term for all of your white cells. Poor nutrition in general, because so, so many of these micronutrients are important for regulating these key immunological um, functions and good gut health. Now, I obviously everyone's talking about gut health at the minute. Some of the things that people are saying are like absolute nonsense, but it seems to have become like the, something strangely sexy in, in sort of 2018 onwards like everyone's talking about gut health but certainly when it comes to immunity again via that same system via that interaction with the payers patches and the regulatory responses that occur at that level and beyond 
a good, healthy, diverse microbiome is very, very important. And one of the things that the microbiome can do is actually help with T-cell maturation. So young T-cells actually help them develop effectively and rapidly. That is yeah. fascinating. I want to ask you a couple of questions about the gut because I read a really great article. You have so many resources on your website. Um, one of them um, being the uh, myth busting around serotonin yeah. in the gut. Yeah, it's, it's hilarious because like you always hear people say it. I mean, it's, I can understand the leap. I understand why they've kind of come to this conclusion. But because 70% of the body's serotonin is manufactured in the gut, like, well, if you look after your gut, you can ease depression. It's like, well, no, it's a very, very diversely active neurotransmitter. And it does different things in different places. In the gut, it does gut stuff. In the brain, it does brain stuff. In the gut, it regulates peristaltic tone. So the peristalsis is that natural rhythmical contraction of the gut walls that kind of move things along to their final trajectory, shall we say. That is regulated by serotonin. Serotonin is also involved in blood clotting. It's involved in bone mineral density regulation. Yes, in the brain, when it's actually in the brain and um, operating within those tissues, it will deliver a response that's unique to the place in which it's found. So in terms of food and mental health, mm. what is the relationship there and what can be supporting our mental health through our intake of food? So specific nutrients, for example, let's use the example of tryptophan. So we were talking about serotonin, um, tryptophan and amino acid that when that crosses the blood brain barrier, that gets converted into 5-hydroxytryptophan, which then gets converted into serotonin. So you can directly manipulate the levels of that neurotransmitter. How, how would you manipulate that? So that can be particularly beneficial for people that are, are struggling to sleep because serotonin gets converted over into melatonin when the brain detects darkness. So with your evening meal, or even like a, a, a snack about an hour or so before bed, you could have something like a tuna open sandwich, or like half of one, because tuna are a really, really great source of tryptophan, and you need a little bit of carbohydrate with it just to give blood sugar a little bit of a lift so that the actual tryptophan can get catapulted across the blood-brain barrier. You need a slight glucose lift to actually be able to shuttle it in. Or, you know, you could look at supplements as well, like 5-hydroxytryptophan as a supplement, but those need to be taken with caution especially if, you, if, if you're taking any kind of medication for depression, if you're on like antipsychotics and anxiolytics, don't take 5-HTP, okay? That's something that I need to make really, really clear. So that's, that's one example. Then also the mineral magnesium. Mm. Magnesium is a miracle worker if you suffer from anxiety, Okay, because one of the things that magnesium can do is increase the expression of a neurotransmitter called GABA. GABA is the primary inhibitory neurotransmitter. So it's that neurotransmitter that calms everything down. Something as simple as blood sugar regulation as well. So avoiding the blood sugar peaks and troughs. So before I spoke about, you know, the, the high glycemic carbohydrates, the white bread, white rice, white pasta, those kind of things, they take very little digestive effort to actually liberate their glucose content so it can raise your blood sugar up very very quickly and your body responds to that by releasing the hormone insulin insulin binds to an insulin receptor opens a glucose transporter on the cell surface blood sugar starts to come back down again but again it's a very sudden drop because it's been elevated so high that's a very very potentially dangerous state so the body responds quite aggressively so it comes crashing back down again it's the blood sugar roller coaster you'll feel great for about 10 minutes and then all of a sudden when your blood sugar crashes again 
you'll feel terrible. Just that, that, that roller coaster on its own can make your mood swing like to and fro all the time. But adding a little bit of protein with each meal. So if you are if you are having like bread or potatoes or whatever, have some some meat or some tofu or some eggs or whatever, because the, the combination of the protein and the carbohydrate drastically slows down the digestion of that meal. And instead your blood sugar is drip fed instead of carpet bombed. I'd love to talk to you about your intermittent fasting. How did you kind of get into it and what are the benefits of intermittent fasting? I got into it because unfortunately, you know, a 43-year-old man keeping the uh, keeping the waistline in check gets harder and harder. You have to work a little bit more every single year. Um, so I was just like, look, any tips and tricks? Just you let me know. And I've always, uh, for a long time, I've been following a very, very low glycemic diet. So ultimately, it was looking at the science and the actual some of the benefits that you can get from it i was like this is really really interesting stuff you know this activation of certain genes those genes that are activated those sirtuins they're involved in increasing cellular repair you've got a um a response called autophagy that is basically the process of breaking down dead and damaged proteins and structures within the cell given the right environmental stimuli and intermittent fasting can stimulate that response so it keeps you in better cellular health and it also can kind of push you into a state of nutritional ketosis if you've got like that big lump of time not consuming any food so you can burn fatty acids more effectively combining that with less exercise you know low intensity static state like the walking is um it can be very very good at at mobilizing fat stores and um keeping these little love handles at bay (laughs) so what worries you most about the current landscape of nutrition tips out there and what do you think are the greatest myths that because you always want to kind of bust? people are being positioned as um like figureheads for the industry just based on what they look like and how many followers they've got and you know that is a, it's a very 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 superficial set of ideals it, it's just insanity sometimes when i look at some of the people that are in the media all the time, it's just like, not got a qualification to their names. It's just like, yeah, they've got 500,000 followers and they can do some cool stuff with an avocado. Amazing. I mean, it, and, and and it's always half a message and that really, really does concern me. I'm not really one for, for too much regulation or, you know, say, oh, Instagram should be regulated for health advice and stuff like that. So I'm not really, I mean, it's freedom of speech and all the rest of it. I think people just need to be a little bit more discerning in terms of who they go to for different types of content. Some of these influencers, like they're wonderful, giving you ideas of how to make like amazing healthy foods and and to actually make those kinds of changes. But go to them for that rather than the science. And then you know, like you've got someone like myself. You've got uh, Rhiannon Lambert. You've got. Um, Jenna and and uh, Yasmin, you've got people like that that are qualified nutritionists that are active on social media that you can go to for the science. You know, different people will deliver you different types of content. I'm all into turning a negative into a positive. And many people around the world, um, including the UK, are Mm. going back into lockdown. But this could be a great time for us to refocus on our diet and try out some new things that maybe our lifestyle didn't Experiment, yeah, it's the perfect time to you know muck about in the kitchen, bring some fun into it as well. I mean, there's, and I, I will say, if especially if you if you're at the beginning of this health journey as well, I would say the easiest way to transition into it is rather than giving up all the things that you love, give your favourites a facelift. That's what I will say. So you know, you like pizza, fantastic, make one from scratch. 
you know, get sort of like a, a multi-grain bread mix and, and mix that up as the as the the base and then you know make it more vegetable based toppings you know spinach and red onions and sun-dried tomatoes and olives and all that beautiful stuff it's going to be like culinary heaven it's going to be the same culinary experience but it's going to be much healthier than the eight inches thick expensive cheese on toast that you get in in the frozen aisle just simple things like that but you can it can just make the transition into healthier habits easier Absolutely. When you bring in some more fun to it. So I would love to, with the time left, kind of do some uh, trouble shooting with some common ailments that are kind of increasing mm. given the time of year and what we're all going through. So chronic fatigue, I've had a lot of questions around this, wanting episodes on chronic fatigue. Wow. What kind of foods can help with that? That's a very, very, very tricky one um, because there, there's so many layers to this thing. You know, because it's a symptom, you know, you've got to remember that that fatigue is a symptom rather than um, a specific condition in its own right. It's a warning sign. It's your body telling you that something's going on. And unfortunately, it can take a lot of detective work. It could be as simple as your sleep is just poor. You know, you're not getting into a deep sleep. You're not getting enough restorative sleep. It could be that you've got to a point where you've got mitochondrial insufficiency, like the mitochondria, like the little energy manufacturing centers within our cells. They rely on certain micronutrients to be able to actually perform the task of manufacturing ATP, adenosine triphosphate, which is what our cells actually run on. So glucose allows the production of ATP, as do um, fats as well. You know, they're the, the, the two primary fuel sources. But that ATP production has to go through like two big steps the krebs cycle and the electron transport chain those are the two main stages in atp production and the b vitamins particularly um niacin and riboflavin they're vital for step one which is the krebs cycle and then for the second stage the electron transport chain coenzyme q10 is vital for that so, you know, increasing your intake of those two things can can sometimes help give you a boost. But where can you, how can you increase your intake? The B, B vitamins you'll find in green leafy vegetables, you find in whole grains, pulses, things like that. Um, Q10 supplement. That's going to be, that's going to be a supplement job. Just remember, chronic fatigue is a symptom that other mm. physiological systems are being challenged in some way. Well, again, I think this time is great for us to really explore and be the best detectives for our health to really get kind of a handle on these things that sometimes, you know, you can be living with chronic fatigue for years, decades, even without giving yourself the time to like really kind yeah, of explore. Also, I mean, certainly what's being talked about in the minute is this whole thing of long COVID. Post viral fatigue, we've known about for decades, mm. particularly with things like the Epstein Barr virus you know, which causes uh, glandular fever, a lot of those kind of severe viruses where you get that kind of acute infection stage, that can leave, I mean, a friend of mine, he has had post-viral fatigue for over two decades now. He wow. got glandular fever when he left the sixth form, you know, and we were both in our 40s now. So that goes to show how long he's had it. Most of his, most of his adult life, he's had this um, post-viral fatigue. And, and how has he addressed it? Well, I mean, we're sort of using nutrition. I've, I've got him on a few, a few supplements and things like that. And it's making a difference. But because there's so many potential underlying pathologies and issues, you just have to do the detective work. 
So your book is absolutely incredible, uh, The Nutritional Bible, because, you know, in this episode, we have touched lightly upon some subjects I know a lot of you are managing right now. And I and for everyone, your your name being the medicinal chef, I thought is just so brilliant because it immediately reminds us how you know food is medicine and often we forget about that and kind of just functionally see it as just to fill us up or use exactly. it as a distraction that's, technique that's why i kind of coined that name as well because i wanted people to think differently about food i wanted people to realize that you know food is not just fuel there's so much more to it than that way 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 more to it than that and uh, having that understanding can be a very very empowering thing Lastly, I, I would love just to finish off on this sugar point because yeah. I know, and you know, so many of us are worried about our immune system and, and how we can support it. We know sugar is the devil at times. Um, how do you then curb the consumption of sugar? Is there anything that you can be eating in substitution for mm-hmm. sugar that kind of helps you curb the intake? The whole thing of substitutes I'm not that keen on because usually it's the it's the psychological pattern and the psychological hook that is the problem so if you're if you're swapping sugar for sugar alternatives you're still kind of reinforcing the behavior you know and it's that behavioral reinforcement that kind of gives you the dopamine hit and all the rest of it that comes with with those cycles and with those kinds of behaviors so i think really just trying to get off the get off the train completely is 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 the way to do it Again, there's there's lots of tactics here. The most simple one, I mean, you probably you'll probably be like, well, yeah, no shock, Sherlock. Well, I'll, I'll say it, but don't have it in the house. Mm. When you're going shopping, like make a plan. You know, have a general plan about what you're going to have to eat in the week. Shop the plan and shop the plan only. So then you've just got the stuff in the house that you need to follow the 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 kind of diet and lifestyle that you want, and you've not got the junk there. So that's one. Blood sugar management, believe it or not, sometimes the sugar cravings can actually come you know earlier when i spoke about the fact that when blood sugar goes up very very high very quickly the body responds by secreting insulin and the insulin tells cells to kind of suck up all that extra glucose as quickly as possible when that happens and blood sugar plummets again you can naturally start to crave a sugar because you need to get that sugar level back up again so just balancing your blood sugar by always making sure you've got plenty of protein at each meal and plenty of fiber can make a huge difference as well that can take the edge off the craving so if you, if, you, if you couple that with simple modifications like not having it in the house in the first place it could be much easier to break the pattern so wise and so helpful and what i love about all of your work it's so practical and i just think that that is so useful for all of us especially when we live mm-hmm. these busy lives just have practical tools and advice it is when to quote tony robbins it says um complexity is the enemy of execution great quote i love finishing on a bit of tony mm. where is the best place to find you and ask questions or anything like that instagram instagram is just the medicinal chef and then my website is dalepinnock.com. Epic. And those will be in the show notes so yeah. everyone can click onto them. Thank you so much. Really Good. appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening. It would be a huge support if you wouldn't mind rating, subscribing and sharing this podcast. I also would love to hear from you. So please find me at Poppy Jamie on Instagram, DM me and I would love to hear your thoughts on any of the topics that we discuss.
Download Happy Not Perfect, my app that's designed to boost your mood and help you sleep and give you mindfulness in less than five minutes. It's packed full of science-backed tools and rituals to give your mind the care it needs. Sending lots of love and energy. See you next time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.